0: Was she still single when she made Single Ladies?
1: Was she single when she made Becky with the good hair and all this other (laughs) stuff and was kicking him in the elevator? (laughs) She she wasn't single then. Before they
2: get in
3: Welcome into Montgomery and Company. We're in the month of love in February and celebrities are no different. We saw Rihanna show us baby number two at the Super Bowl. Cardi B is having a blast eating McDonald's with her man. Beyonce is in love, we've seen City Girls fall in love, and recently, Sierra made headlines that we're going to discuss. We also are going to talk about Jonathan Majors and ASAP Rocky, and the conversation around men allowing their women to lead. We also discussed the recent comments from Charles Barkley about the WNBA and the endorsements surrounding it. Also, stick around because I have a great conversation with Fisk University Athletic Director and Head Women's Gymnastics Coach, Kareen Tarver. Let's go! I just got to say thank you to the city of Atlanta in general, because we talked about it before, but on MLK Day, I spoke at the Ebenezer Baptist Church. I was invited by Dr. Bernice King and the King Center. And now, just this past couple days ago, I was made a Champion of Change honoree by the John R. Lewis Institute. Snook was in the building for both of them. And I just, I don't even know what to say when you get an honor like that. Again, it's not something that you set out to do, but when someone chooses you to be in that category, all I can say is just thank you. So thank you to the city of Atlanta and everyone else involved. And also this past week, we know that we had NBA All-Stars. So I'm gonna throw to a quick sound. is Kobe Bryant talking on the Knuckleheads podcast, but there's a lot to talk about. First, Kobe.
2: I think the All Star game in general needs a little revamping because it used to be competitive. Yeah. It used to be competitive and like you know, fans wanna see the best pickup game in the world. Like, yeah. That's what
0: this is. They don't yeah. wanna see
2: you running up and down and dunking and doing all this crazy like they wanna see the what happens when you get this collection of best basketball players on the planet and they play and they go head up against each other. Man. Yeah. I mean, you guys play harder at a pickup game in UCLA. For real. Yeah, and ain't billions of people watching. For real. Definitely do. You know what I'm saying? Definitely do. They uh, turn the up. All-Star game needs a little needs a little changing. Um, I always love competing in them. Um, I didn't lose many of them. Nah, you was one of the ones. You took it serious. Yeah, we yeah. went like I don't think me and CP, when we played together in the All-Star game, I don't think we've ever lost a game.
3: Okay, so we got the numbers back from All-Star Game, and Kobe was alluding to the fact that he was very competitive. He talked about him and CP, which he was referencing Chris Paul. When they got to the All-Star Game, they were trying to win. They wanted to see who's the best of the best, what groups can work the best together. It was a different vibe. It was a different time. Now, fast forward to today's NBA All-Star Game. We know that it's a different type of energy. We understand that. We were used to a lot of times in the fourth quarter, that's when you would start to see the competitive juices flowing. We knew that the first three quarters, it was just pretty much going to be a highlight reel, layup drill, dunk drill. We knew that a three-point contest all in one in the All-Star game. We understood that. But now it's gotten to the point that even the fourth quarter, we were all kind of waiting on that moment where everyone kicks in, everyone gets competitive, and everyone turns up. And it never really happened, this All-Star game, which started a wide debate. Another problem is that injuries, and injuries are a part of the game, but your two team captains in Team Giannis and Team LeBron both sustained injuries or had injuries coming into All-Star game, and so they couldn't play as much as I'm sure they would have liked to. So now you got two captains that aren't necessarily available. You have a game that, yes, there's pride on the line and a sense of there's donations being given out to each quarter, which team wins, but – There's not a competitive factor in the All-Star game anymore. Now, let me preface that with saying that the All-Star game for football, so the NFL All-Star Pro Bowl was the same way. They've made it into a flag football game. They try to play games and do different things to make sure that the game has a little bit more excitement. So I'm saying that because this is not just an NBA problem. I've heard baseball has the same problem. I've also heard the NHL is trying to figure out ways to make the All-Star game more entertaining to the fans, make it better all around. Here's the numbers that support this for the NBA that maybe they should start thinking about ways to be a creative as well. So the numbers came out and on Sunday's NBA All-Star Game was the lowest rated and least watched edition of the game. The ratings declined 29% and viewership 27% from last year's All-Star Game. The record low audience places the NBA All-Star Game well behind this year's NFL Pro Bowl. So just to kind of give you guys some numbers as we're not just talking now about, oh, they need to do something. Now, once you start to get the numbers, the NBA is going to start to think about what can they do. This weekend's NBA All-Star Game averaged 4.59 million viewers across TNT and TBS. The previous lows were around 6 million viewers. So the previous low before had 6 million viewers, and now across TBS and TNT, we're at about 4.5 million viewers. So what can we do is the question. We've heard so many conversations about what can we do about the dunk contest and what can we do about the other events, the skills competition. Well, we know one event that doesn't need to change that's fine is the three-point challenge. That will never be a problem. There will always want to be players that want to shoot. It will always be exciting watching players shoot to see who's the best of the best in that. So the three-point challenge, it's all right. I actually enjoyed how Team LeBron and Team Giannis picked their teams. They had their notepads out. It was a whole selection process. And the reason I liked it is because for players, you know, there's a pecking order. There's a pride. You know, Damian Lillard went the number one overall pick. That's a big deal because you start to see how the players respect other players. You can start to see, I understand. And let me just say, yes, I understand that players like the Joker said the all-star game is not for me. He said, I'm not the type of player that's going to be in the All-Star game. So I understand that there's that caveat. But then there's also, when you're talking about guards, there's a pecking order that starts to happen on who's LeBron going to pick next? Who's Giannis going to pick next? Hmm, This is interesting who got left on the board. So I personally liked Ernie was the one hosting it. I personally like that part of the All-Star game, that tweak. So that part's not not a problem, but where do we go from here? How do we figure out that? competitiveness for future All-Star games. I don't know. Now, I've heard different situations. I've heard that, you know, it's not fun anymore because players play 82 games. And Steve Kerr went on record saying, I think that 72 games would be better so that players would have less injuries. And maybe those less injuries would result in players wanting to be more involved in the All-Star game. We understand that All-Stars matter. If All-Stars didn't matter, players wouldn't be mad about getting snubbed on All-Star games. And why do they matter? Just for the people that don't understand, when you retire and you start to talk about a player's legacy, you start to list their accolades. How many championships? How many all-first-team NBA? How many All-Star appearances? Those things are how you start to choose Who is the best of the best of the best or whose legacy matters? And so for the people that may know who cares about all-star don't play, it matters. And then when you come to, well, what can the NBA do? What I thought about was Vince Carter recently talked about how the NBA has tried to interfere in a sense of making the dunk contest better. He stated that there's been times where they've tried to incentivize it, offering $1 million to people to join the dunk contest, like a Vince Carter, because we know that if Vince Carter's in the dunk contest, we're going to see a show. Now, shouts to Mac McClung because he became a big topic of the conversation in the sense of he's a G League player that is exceptional at dunking. I want to make sure I say that he did an amazing job. That's not the problem. I think the concern that people are having is that, yes, he can be in the dunk contest, but they also want to see NBA stars in the dunk contest as well. Zion Williamson stated that he'll probably join the dunk contest next year. This year, he was, he's been hurt and he didn't feel like it was a good idea to join it this year. So we do understand that some may join the dunk contest and other things, but where do we go from here? Look, I don't have the solutions, but I just wanted to provide all the information so that fans can understand that we understand the problem and fans are voicing their opinion that there's a problem because of the viewership is going down tremendously. So my thoughts are for the NBA All-Star game, you got to start getting creative. The same way broadcasters are getting creative and having alternate broadcasts, you see the Manning cast and you see what Charles Barkley, Shaq, and Kenny did on TBS – Those are alternate broadcasts where it's not just about the sport. There's some fun aspect to it. There's conversations to it. Well, maybe we have to start to figure those type of things out in all-star games, a la the Pro Bowl and flag football. Maybe we have to switch it up a little bit. I don't know the solution, but right now, something has to change. Okay, so we said we're going to talk relationships and we're going to do exactly that. Now, I know you guys have heard about Sierra's prayer. If you didn't, Sierra basically said she said a prayer that she wanted a man and boy, did her prayers get answered. She now is married to QB of the Denver Broncos. Russell Wilson, and everybody wanted to know after that, like, what was the prayer, sis? We got to know. Like, I need to know what that prayer was. Let me know. A video resurfaced where Sierra talked about building with your partner, and that brought up a large discussion because just two days ago, the theshaderoom.com posted an article that said the social media reacts to Sierra previewing her girl power song, for the girls that don't need no man. So this opened up a whole can of worms because do y'all believe what rappers, artists, and singers are saying in their song? I mean, we see that Cardi B is happily married to her man eating McDonald's. We see Meg Thee Stallion is happy. The city girls are in love. We see Rihanna is pregnant with her second child. So I don't know why people are mad necessarily that What people are saying in their songs isn't true, but I want to discuss it with y'all. Let's go.
2: Well, first of all, the Internet is always going to have something to say, but I kind of understand where they're coming from just because I feel like as a married woman myself, I don't necessarily understand the plight that my sister, a single woman, is going through. Not, you know, not right now, of course. At the time when we were single You know, I can definitely relate to that But I can see where the internet is coming from You know, because if she's as happily married As she's portraying to be You know, and she's building and she wants to Maximize life with her partner like she's talking About in in that other video Then, I mean, I don't think there's anything Wrong to say that you do want that partner you know to build with and to be with you through all these things and stuff like that I don't think it should be like a I don't need no no man or no partner type of thing especially coming from a married woman I, so I kind of agree with, with the internet a little bit on this one
0: I'm torn <laughs> I've been married a long long time so I haven't been single so I don't know about the crazy I have a lot of single friends I have married friends too but I have single friends who tell me about the crazy and it is <laughs> entertaining to listen to and also scary to listen to at the same time. Facts. But I I feel like it's a good statement to make only because all of the people who were saying it, they blew up and then got married. So she wants to build with somebody. That was always her dream to build with somebody. I feel like you always want to do it with somebody because you have somebody to lean on. Y'all have the same struggle. You have the same feel. But at the same time, you don't want girls just sitting out here waiting to have somebody to build with. Sierra had money before she met Russell. Cardi had money before she met um. All set. I mean, a lot of these girls made it before Mm -hmm. they started. They were with someone else. So I I feel like they're saying, sis, you don't need a man. You can do it, but it's nice to have someone to build with. You know, you don't know what you were missing until you have something. So they didn't know they needed a man. Until they start building with a man Then they're like Oh this is even better I'm building with someone So I feel like Torn on both sides I think that we don't want um, Our young girls Sitting waiting for a man To be able to be somebody And do something with their lives And think that they can't Blow up and glow up Unless they're with someone Or in a relationship So I'm teetering between both I understand both sides I think that's the message That people should definitely Get from it Also I'm going to go with Jill Scott Real quick There was a song she had about talking about all the things she can do without a man but she also needed a man they needed her you know raise a son to teach him how to be a man you need a family there are things that are you know relationship wise that you do want to do with someone else but she said she could buy her own shoes she could buy her own house listen i love jill scott i know this is a
3: side note but i want to go like jill scott that's a conversation i will be front and center honey
0: i went to one it was nice I was, it was nice but
2: to Cole's point though I like the You know I don't need No person Type of thing To be successful I feel that But I also feel that You know What's wrong with saying That you want that What's wrong with saying That that we need each other Basically We need I don't love think I there's feel nothing like Everybody wants love You know
3: I think that the reason People are upset That she said it It's like the same idea Like I, we've seen this All the time With with Young Miami Right So it's like Young Miami Was a big topic Of discussion She has Carisha Please The podcast And she did discusses in depth her relationship or things that she's done in her relationships. Now we know that she is, I would say connected to Diddy. I don't know their situation, but there's a connection there that she has to Diddy. And so she told everybody that, look, my next album is a little bit of, I love that man, but F that man and all this other stuff. And so I think that people Want the real, but they have to understand, kind of like to what Young Miami said, that the real really might be all of the above. There might be times where she's like, Yeah, I love him. There might be times where she's like, Forget him, man. I'm done with him. And there might be all of those. So I think that, you know, like there's not a one thing. Like Sierra, Sierra, you know, like making that uh, female empowerment song. Look, Beyonce made Who Run the World? Girls. That don't right. mean she ain't with But Beyonce the also biggest sings about how much here. she's in
2: love with, with her husband, too.
3: Exactly. Exactly. So I just think that artists are complex. Like you know what I mean. Artist is not one thing. Even if I'm a, a car, if I'm a city girl, it don't mean that I can't be a sucker for love as well. Like I think that people be like, if you a city girl, you better you better live that life. It is. You could still be all of the above.
0: You know, being in a relationship, sometimes you want to do stuff together. Then sometimes you'd be like, leave me alone. I could do it by myself. <laughs> you know, you want to have your own little little section and they get on your nerves one day, you love them the next day. It's just, that's the way it is. Y'all, I mean, it's up and downs and, you know, people, career women, especially who um, don't want to be in the shadow of my husband's doing all these things. So I'm just sitting back and I'm waiting for him. So I I get it. Basically, I feel both sides. I feel like you can, if you want to build, build. If you're two individuals who, you know, y'all build together in your family and that's where you build and that's what you feel like your building is, you don't necessarily have to build together as this or build together as that. You know, there's different types of building in different ways. You know, some people are real estate building. So should
3: we, learning from songs no like i mean like because the only way you get mad about something (laughs) like fairy
0: tales
2: right
3: i don't know because it's like i ain't gonna ever be mad about nothing that a that a artist says because i don't care like it's like (laughs) i don't care if sierra at one hand said that she wants to build with her man and and wants to lean on her man and then releases a song that says for the girls that don't need no man it's like i don't care but what were you going to say snook
4: well, I was going to say for girls don't need no man. That's what I was brought up with. You know, when my grandparents told me that from a very young age, I was going to college because I need to get my education so I wouldn't have to depend on no man. And so then I married a man who told my daughters the same thing. Get your education so you don't have to depend on a no man. And that's always good because if you have that inner confidence in yourself that regardless if you're interracial relationship or you're not you don't feel so like i have to do whatever he wants i have to kind of be him on the side you know so anyway and i haven't dated since 1972 so i'm really
3: Ooh, okay. gosh it's a different <laughs> game out there
4: Snook. Ooh,
0: y'all. yes yeah, oh boy
2: you know i think that a lot of women grew up on that i don't need no man type of thing i definitely grew up in that same mindset when my mom was constantly telling me this and i saw a clip of Lori Harvey the other day when she was saying something like, my dad always tells me that I'm the prize and that is 100% true but then also, I remember I remember when Kevin Samuels, rest in peace when he was making videos he was saying that this is kind of the problem with younger women now is that we don't know how to submit at all and we don't necessarily don't like know how, <laughs> we don't necessarily know when to be soft and when to be strong because we're so
4: strong, you know Maybe, too, you know, I love country music because it always tells a story, always tells something about how somebody's feeling in their life. And so maybe she was having a flashback and thinking how blessed she is that now she has a man, but she can remember those times when she didn't. And so now she's able to express those feelings more and since she does have a man She's not opening herself up So
2: Juju, just you as a man hearing this Kind of feedback from women Saying I don't need no man Like what do you think about these statements When you hear them coming from other women
1: Rick Ross put out songs that he moved Cocaine from here to goddamn Cuba Every two <laughs> days And we seen that he was an actual correctional officer People <laughs> make sounds, man Like you feel me, future be talking about How many <laughs> drugs he doing You do all them drugs you're gonna die sir you feel me? All these, it's a lot of people who make songs like, what's love got to do with it? Okay, Tina Turner. What's love got to do with it? Are you asking that question? So I, I think the artists and the songs don't necessarily ever really match. It's just so happened that we choosing the pile on her because she always talking about, thank you, Jesus, for Russell Wilson. You feel me? And they always got the, they are a happy couple. And they they like the, the one of is squares. Like, exactly. Everything they do is so holier than thou. So I feel like this is people's first opportunity to get to pounce on her for anything because she been winning for years. Like, what you going to say about sis ever? So the haters saw a little, a little chink in the armor and they just trying to attack. Sis can make whatever song she want to make. Salute to her, man. Keep making them. Like you say, Beyonce be making single ladies, but Jay-Z been with her for, for how, how long?
0: <laughs> <Get it. laughs> was she still single When she made Single ladies
1: she, Was she single When she made Becky with the good hair And all this other stuff And <laughs> was Kicking him in the elevator <laughs> she, she wasn't single then He just frightening and frightening well, You're
0: right You're <laughs> right So yeah I guess That's true <laughs> It's just whatever sells
2: I mean but in, in within the dating world You don't gotta disclose Your status Or anything like that Do you feel like Is it harder To date In this new I guess Modern age Of women Thinking women. this way exactly
1: nah man Well, it's never been hard like if it's in you not on you no matter the weather you can navigate these uh extreme climates of the superior or like the 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 egos in this world that we face today that's true so i feel like i find myself as like a highlander or a swordsman if you will like a classic Gentlemen, like Jadena says.
3: I'm a classic man. You feel
1: me? It's pretty groovy for me out here. And I'm not sure. <laughs> people, you know, but salute to them. He
2: said, like, I can only speak for myself.
3: Right. And it makes me also think of, there's a lot of different conversations going on. When we talk about relationships, people have very strong feelings that are coming out. Rihanna was on the cover of British Vogue with her man, ASAP Rocky, and also their child. And a lot of people had a lot of energy for that magazine cover. They said that there is emasculation of men happening right before our very eyes and it started a conversation where people started to ask, is it Emasculating for a man to get Rihanna pregnant because they started to get into this conversation of, and then it also went into Jonathan. <laughs> what are we talking about?
0: I have no
4: idea what we're talking about.
3: What are Listen,
0: we talking about? Men have
4: emasculated themselves, honey, especially in What's a lot emasculate? of races. Nobody's <laughs> emasculating any men. No, but do you, have y'all seen the cover? I've seen it, but I'm just saying, you know, how do they get that from that? When I know in our race, a lot of times men have not stepped to the plate when it was when they were supposed to. So now that you have not stepped up, if men are saying this, now that if you have not stepped up, you're mad because women have went ahead and did what they had to do and got to where they needed to be. I don't understand it. You understand what I'm saying? It's
3: a, it's a No, I was just going to the point to where there's a whole conversation now happening. I think that yes, some men can feel threatened about an independent woman, especially a man that may There's statistics behind the fact that if a woman makes more than her spouse, there can cause problems in the relationship. I think this is a further discussion of that where Brianna was in the front of the magazine. She's leading the way. They said he's behind. She has a strong pose. He's has and she's not smiling. He's smiling. The baby's smiling. But I think that what's happening now, what we're starting to see now is that it's twofold. One, we know more about celebrities than we've ever known before. Celebrities used to have a certain mystique about them where we didn't know every single thing they do. But now if you follow celebrities online, you may not know them personally, but you can know a lot of things that they do and a lot of things about their life. That's one. And then the second thing is that this is just a further conversation of there are a lot of women rappers that are killing it in the game right now. We saw it with Meg Thee Stallion, Cardi B, the list goes on. Glorilla's coming up. There's a lot of Young Miami, The City Girls. There's a lot of female rappers now that are turning up. And I think there's that same conversation happening of, If women are leading too far in the front or if women are doing too much, it starts to create a discussion.
1: Back to what you were saying earlier, like, uh, how is it to navigate the climate? It's harder to date right now for liars. It's harder to date right now for cheaters. But if you thorough and you do what you say, and you say what you mean. That's why I say for me, it's easier than ever for me because I ain't got nothing to necessarily say to somebody who ain't necessarily with me or about me you feel me and then this with the emasculation and all that that's just for soft men to make up you know what I mean <laughs> or people who who, who want a, a conversation real men can can be and whatever the only people who care about this type of people are the insecure people the lesser than mentally you know what I mean and we pray for those people and hopefully they get stronger that's-
2: You need a strong man to deal
4: with a strong woman. That's I I feel the same way. And on the flip side of that, you don't want to be telling everyone how good your thing is with Russell Wilson, because when women hear all the things he's doing for you, then that just fires them up to see if they can get a little closer to him.
3: (laughs) (laughs) So she said, don't
4: say too much. Yeah, don't tell all that good stuff. (laughs) See,
0: this is the problem I have with this is that the. Celebrity base is very small as far as, you know, the Rihannas, the ASAPs, the Russells, the Sierras. And so everyday people, it takes two incomes. Most people, it takes two incomes to run a household. However that works is however that works. So what burns me up about this is that they're out here making it feel like if your husband makes 20,000 more than you a year, or if your wife makes 20000 more than you year, you need to up your game. You need to do this. It takes two for that household. Don't let people get you twisted and think that, oh, most men feel like they should be taking care of the household because the same way we were raised to think about being independent women, men are raised, you are the one who's supposed to take be care of the your household. Right. You're the provider. You're the one who's the protector. These are the things that they have as well. But at the same time, when that was really, really prevalent, it only took one income to run a whole household and I mean you could literally live have a house a car and the American dream off of one household that is no more so we need to start understanding that you want an independent woman who can actually have something to bring to the table because then the flip side of that is a man is struggling to provide for his family the first thing he says is she don't do nothing she ain't even trying to help me we struggling and now it's her fault you're not where you're supposed to be So Gotta meet in the middle You gotta build together Stop looking at these celebrities If you make a celebrity money You don't even have this problem So I don't understand Why we even talking about it If right. you got their money Y'all don't have this problem It's the everyday people Who are mad And they're the ones Who should be working together In the relationship Roy said emasculation
2: Please let me be led By a billionaire please right. make more than me.
3: See what I'm saying That's not even like their problem And I want to end it On one more thing Because I like what you said Cole Jonathan Majors Got thrown into the conversation as well. He recently did a photo shoot for Ebony Magazine, and he had high fashion on. And a lot of times when men wear high fashion, the looks can look different. High fashion is not your average blue jeans and hoodie or blue jeans and and whatever the look may be, high fashion usually takes risks. So Jonathan Majors had an Ebony magazine that he took some risk and it was high fashion and the conversation continued. And then someone made the point that how can we be talking about Jonathan Majors being emasculated when he literally has acted in Marvel movies. His most recent movie is coming out is Creed boxing movies. He saved the world in Top Gun style movies. And so, to all of our point, it's not about what they're wearing, what they're doing. It's about the way you view things. So maybe but change your perspective. And you might get in a relationship. And if you are in a relationship and you still have those perspectives, then like Cole said, it's about a combination. Look, if my baby is making money, I'm hyped because guess where that's going? To the same bank account. So I've never understood the thought process of I'm mad of what somebody that maybe my partner is doing because if you build in together then you're building together but I also realize that together doesn't always mean forever because when we look at the divorce rate and different things of that nature maybe that's the thought process but when I got married I thought it meant forever and so if we're building together your income is my income and vice versa so I don't know but I just know that salute like Juju said salute to all of y'all and we gonna pray for y'all Break we're moving on to Charles Barkley and his comments on the WBA.
4: see that article in people magazine about charles barkley what he said uh he well here's the uh, headline charles barkley wants american companies to get off their a's and endorse WNBA players and you know at this point in time when we're talking about women's uh, gender inequity and pay. It comes at a perfect time, especially from someone who has an NBA background. And it says Barkley tells people that he wants more money going to the NBA players like Brittany Griner so they don't have to go overseas and play in the offseason.
3: Well, first of all, shouts to BG because she recently announced that she signed. We already knew kind of that she was going back to Phoenix, but it's officially official. She said, I'm back. She's going to be playing for the Phoenix Mercury this year in the WNBA. But also shouts to My man, Charles Barkley, like because
4: Sir Charles,
3: Sir Charles, (laughs) everybody knows this is an ongoing conversation and we've heard a lot of noise around different issues involving the league. But the more people talk about it, like Charles Barkley, and I love that he called out the brands, too, because a lot of times people are calling out the WNBA, which that is a part of it. But also brands endorsements. We see a lot of name, image and likeness deals going around for college players, but there's WNBA players out there too. Name, image, and likeness has been a thing. It just became a thing for college athletes, but it's been a thing for pro athletes. So I love hearing that the conversation continues to grow and continues to build because I do, my main thing that I want for WNBA players is to elevate the lifestyle. Like I think that, we put in just as much work as any other athlete. We put in just as much years, just as much sweat and tears. And so I just think that like, I love that the conversation is happening. Will something come with the conversation? I don't know, but... I just like where it's going.
2: Yeah, I I love Chuck. I love Chuck for saying this. What I love about him is that he has such a big platform and and he he always chooses to, you know, he chooses his words wisely, you know, contrary to what people think. (laughs) I think that he says exactly what he means and I love that that he's talking about this and he's
4: always showing love. I I love him. He reminds me of most Southern people who just speak their minds. Exactly. Sometimes people think (laughs) it's blunt, you know, whatever. I've lived under that auspices where people, just say what's on their mind. Sometimes people don't take it the right way. right?
3: You know, Charles Barkley also said when he got into television, he had to decide whether he was going to be liked or whether he was going to say what was on his mind. And he really meant that because he severed a relationship with Michael Jordan. He talks about it openly all the time about how He's going to say what he really feels. And we know that sometimes he said things about, you know, the San Antonio women and different things of that nature that have received backlash. (laughs) But he's a guy that he's like, look, I'm going to say what I think and everybody ain't going to like everything I say. And so you got to respect that because people don't understand. Even right now, we're all sitting on the podcast. Everything that we say is going to get scrutinized or get judged or get so speaking out about things you feel passionate about it comes with a price and he's basically said he's willing to pay that price whether he loses friends that were great friends for a lifetime whether he loses endorsements and that's tough I mean somebody else I think about that does that is Bomani Bomani gonna say what Bomani wants to say and whatever comes from that comes from that we recently saw. Bomani was talking about Karl Malone and his thoughts on like the NBA highlighting Karl Malone and different things of that nature. It came with backlash. I don't know why, but it came with backlash. A lot of people didn't know the the history and different things, and a lot of people didn't like how he presented the information. But being in the public eye, speaking on platforms, whether it's a podcast or not— That comes with consequences.
4: Well, some things you can't sweeten up. Now, that stuff that he did cannot be sweetened up. I don't care how you look at it. You know, it can't be sweetened up. So what's the deal? Well,
0: I just think that Charles is saying all this money floating around this country, there's no need for it. I mean, literally There's so much money just running through pockets in and out of electronic wires. I wish it was running money. Paychecks and deposits. There is no reason for us to act like (laughs) we don't have a couple more dimes to give away to the WNBA. They act like everybody acts like they broke when it comes to the WNBA. And that's the problem. And he's saying, Look, y'all got all this money. People paid seven million dollars for a 30-second commercial. So you trying to tell me you don't have an extra million or two to give an endorsement to a WNBA player or, to, or even support the league or to do something for the league. I said, it's just ridiculous. And that's what I'm saying. Charles is just saying there's too much money.
3: I'm glad you brought that up, Cole, because also our commissioner of the WNBA, Kathy Engelbert, talked about it takes $10 million to fly all the teams in the league private for one season. $10 million. Now, when you put it in that perspective that Nicole just said, where she said it's $7 million for a 30-second ad in the Super Bowl. Now, we know the NFL is its own beast. Its marketing numbers, there's nothing compared to it. The NBA isn't close to the NFL. MLB isn't close. Soccer isn't close. The NFL is in a category of its own. So kudos to them for building a brand where you can charge $7 million for 30 seconds on your biggest show. So I got to side note that. But also, on the other hand, There's different things that can happen. There's airline companies. There's different advertisements. Like Delta is the official sponsor of almost every pro sports team in Atlanta except the Atlanta Dream. So things like that is where I think that there can be real impact if you're going to be the official spartner partner of all atlanta sports franchises well what's up with the atlanta dream why not be the official airline of the atlanta dream as well and so i think that there's different no ways. no
0: no they got if they have seven million dollars for the nfl believe me they given six million dollars to the nba they given three million dollars to the soccer they give two but million not for, dollars let's,
3: keep, let's stick to the facts that's not happening because the nfl has a completely different marketing Money. No, what, what I'm saying
0: is, is that these companies are not just advertising in football. My point is, they're advertising in basketball, they're advertising in soccer, they're advertising in other sports. So my point is, is that it, just because they pay $7 million For one ad for football That don't mean that's the only right. people they're targeting They're actually in the basketball They're targeting basketball They're targeting all these other And we're just saying The WNBA can be a part of that targeting group In which like you want to pay that money Yes, yeah, I'm saying right. it's not. They can spread it around yeah. that's We'll all see
4: what, what we have to do And I don't know who is responsible for this But just like that article I read uh, Well, this thing I saw on Twitter a few weeks ago Where they were asking you to rank Which uh, sports team from Atlanta you thought would win the next championship and they had the major sports teams on there and they didn't include the Dream so I tweeted back and said what about the Dream because when I looked it up and I googled it, it said Atlanta has five major sports teams (laughs) and it included the Dream the Dream Mm -hmm. were one of those teams so when you put stuff out there and then you you exclude uh, things, it means that we have to do a lot more work to make sure that companies realize hey yeah we're here We're a professional uh, sports team And we want the same respect And support that you give the male team And that's exactly right Like Little
2: things like that definitely matter And they go a long way for sure
3: And here's another thing Because I like to take numbers and facts and stats No one's asking for a handout The same way in my monologue I talked about The NBA All-Star Game had its lowest ratings ever It had 4.5 million viewers across TNT and TBS 4.5 million viewers. Now, the recent low was 6 million viewers. So I'm only saying that because... WNBA games, women's college basketball games, go check the numbers. I'm not saying it's at $4 million, but let's say if the numbers are at $2 million, if the WNBA finals are getting 2 to $4 million, well, I'm just saying let's make the comp a comp. And what I mean by comps is if you go buy a house in a neighborhood and they say all these houses are around this price because this is the going rate for this amount, I'm just saying let's make a comp a comp, and the numbers are supporting now that – women's sports should be receiving larger TV deals, larger media deals, larger brand deals, There's a whole idea of that. Maybe when the WNBA started, maybe it wasn't getting the numbers that it's getting now. Maybe in women's college basketball, maybe the numbers weren't where they are now. But at a certain point, we got to catch up to the stats. We got to catch up to the current reality. And we're not doing that. We see the numbers all the time now, even on the Pro Bowl and different things of that nature. We're starting to see that the numbers, NHL hockey is at its lowest viewer point. The numbers like that's what I always want to stay with. I want to stay with the facts and stay with the numbers, because if you look at those things, it's hard to explain why women's sports aren't getting the same type of deals or a comp. If if one group is at six million views and we're at two million views, okay, we're getting a third of the views, then let's get a third of the contract. That's all I'm saying. We see the XFL just started, and the numbers haven't been released yet on what their annual deal is with ESPN. But I saw from Joe Pompliano that he's estimating that it's somewhere from 25 million to 30 million annually for the XFL to play their 46 to 48 game season. All the games will be streamed on ESPN networks. I'm just saying that's a sight unseen that got a 25 to 30 million annually. And look, I'm not mad at the other leagues. I'm excited that they can get those numbers. Like I want to see them win, and I just want to see us win as well. And so when you start to compare the numbers and the facts, I just want to see how people will explain what's the difference other than that it's just women's sports. Fisk University Athletic Director and Head Women's Gymnastics Coach Kareen Tarver
4: Another day is here and you're ready for it What to wear? Check Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help For your financial to-dos Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA member
3: FDSE.
5: Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in.
3: Okay. So HBCUs are in the conversation more and more in media. Michael B. Jordan just hosted an annual legacy classic, which highlighted HBCU basketball teams and bands. And I read that your team got a docu-series following your first year, your first season at Fisk as the first HBCU to compete in the NCAA with the women's gymnastic team. So, Congratulat!ions Big shout out to you guys. So, what was the final push to make you want to start the program? And then, what should we expect to see on the docu series? The program
6: was actually started before they hired me. Um, it came about because one of our board of trustee members was having Thanksgiving dinner with his family, and one of his great nieces was a senior going to college. And he asked her if she applied to Fisk, and she said no. Which, of course, he's a fiscal alum, and so is his wife. So he was kind of like, why not? And she, he's like, well, what about any other HBCU? And she's like, no. And he's like, why not? She goes, because I want to do gymnastics in college. And he was like, well, what does that mean? And she's like, there's no HBCUs that have this board of gymnastics. Mm. And at that, he started looking into it and realized that, you know, there were no other schools. And, you know, that was pretty quick. We're talking that was in November and they announced in January <laughs> that they were adding
3: a team. Wow. That's crazy. And so just for a backstory so that people understand, you were the first black gymnast to win an NCAA all-around title in 1989. Now, when I was playing, ball was life, and I felt like we lived in the gym. And it seems like gymnastics have an even more demanding schedule, if that's possible. So what is a typical day like for a gymnast?
6: Oh, the highest level is crazy. They, the highest level they practice in the morning, and then they'll have a break, usually about three hours. And then they'll have- break where they'll go to school if they're of school age they'll do online schooling and then they go back in the afternoon or evening so they generally work out six hours a day six hours a week um, is usually how they do it college we're kind of restricted the same as any other sport they're restricted to like 20 hours a week so it's a lot less when you get to college but it's a lot more demanding because we all know that college gymnastics is weekly and so once the season starts it never stops every week you're you're either traveling or you're home and you have a meet. Some weekends we have two meets in one weekend. So wow. it's a lot harder on your body than club, but it's less hours. So it kind of... <laughs> Yeah, you, know, you kind of give up one. There's uh, a give and take, huh? One difficulty for a different difficulty, I guess you can say.
3: No, I completely understand that. And speaking of, you, you just told a story, and it made me think about Morgan Price, who was a five-star recruit who decommitted from the University of Arkansas to attend Fisk U. And she's been killing it, especially on the vaults. She's only a freshman, but I'm hearing she's a budding star. So do you think we'll start to see more five-star athletes across all of sports choose HBCUs? I hope so. Really, it's hard. Especially if you're,
6: you know, a private small private school like we are, like a, a fisc where we got thousand students. Because the fact remains, you know, the bigger schools, especially if they're state schools, they have so much. Mm-hmm. You know, they're getting money from the state, but then they're also have these established longtime donors that are giving millions and millions of dollars. So they have, you know, a like facilities that are I mean, they rival some of the pro teams, if they're not better than some of the pro teams. So it's difficult. You have to have a kid that's committed more to their belief system than it is to like the shiny new toy. Because when it comes down to it, one for the other, it's going to be hard to convince a kid, no, don't go to this school where you're going to get $1,500, 2000 $4,000 a month in stipend money. Come to an HBCU where we can't afford to give you anything. They have to want to do it for the right reasons or for their own personal reasons. Do I think more athletes will go to HBCUs? Yes. Do I think it's going to be a significant amount? I worry that that won't happen because of things like that, you know, unless we are able to get an influx of money into HBCUs so that we can offer at least similar to what they would get at a PWI. Then it's quite difficult because at the end of the day, so many of these athletes, depending on the sport, come from Environments where they don't have much. And so if they can get four or five thousand dollars a month and be able to send most of it home to a family that maybe, you know, doesn't have a car or their car is breaking down or you know, they're gonna be evicted, they're gonna pick that. I mean, at the end of the day, because it's bigger than just, you know, where they wanna play.
3: Thank you for laying that out there. And that's what also brings me to you're not only the head gymnastics coach but you're also the Fisk University AD. And we know that's not uncommon at HBCUs. We've discussed Bethune-Cookman's situation where their head coach is also their AD. How is that? We know that that's probably goes to the point that you're trying to make about funding and people having to wear different hats, but does one job have to sacrifice the other? Is it possible to do both jobs at the highest level, holding one position? I mean, I, I know you're doing it and you're killing it, but I'm just curious your thoughts on that. Honestly, it only works if you have
6: help. You have to have a good group of people underneath you that can take up some of the, you know, responsibilities while you're on the road. So for me, I'm on the road almost every weekend. I have to have someone here that can handle basketball when I'm gone or things of that nature. It's not easy. Honestly, it's not. Luckily we don't have a ton of sports here at BISC. So it makes it a little bit easier because we are so small we're we're not gonna have, you know, 18 sports. It doesn't we you know we can't support that at this point in time. So it makes it a little bit better i will say though there is is a lot that goes into the ad position here because we are trying to go from NAIA to nca and there was just a lot of things that need to be done in order for us to be successful with that kind of a move so you know there's a lot of irons in the fire i guess you can say to try to make sure that we're getting what we need to be able to support the athletes that we're trying to bring in and support the programs that we're trying to elevate
3: Love that. You know, I always like to say the HBCUs are underfunded, never under talented. You're a Georgia alum who has a national floor title and two team titles with UGA in 1987 and 1989. I'm just curious, like at this point, we've seen where maybe it's not the right way to go about it, but we've seen coaches like a Deion Sanders, Ed Reed be vocal about the lack of resources I'm curious to hear your thoughts on how should staff or prospective staff address issues within the institution? If they're trying to make it better, they have good intentions, like how do you go about that?
6: Honestly, sometimes you just have to find alternate sources. I mean, for us, we've gotten a lot of help from the outside community, especially our alumni here at Fisk. Certain things were done, like we have a great parents group and Booster Club that is a brand new Booster Club, but it's something that's never been done at Fisk before, and they're going about raising money. But we had a suggestion made to us one time, I mean, recently that said, you know, what do you need? You know, and I kind of said, we need all these, you know, different things that we wanted to make sure our athletes had similar to what other schools do. And they said, make a wish list. And I said, okay. So then we went and did an Amazon wish list, and it got sent out to alumni, and they were able to just pick something up off that wish list and then send it to us based upon that and so we've gotten almost everything that we had on that wish list we have gotten and for some people it wasn't a lot of money it might have been a ten dollar item for some they may have spent several hundreds but even someone that only spent ten dollars was able to say that they contributed to the program and helped it in some way shape or form and it's something we needed so you know, and some of it was wishless, Some of it was like things that we didn't necessarily need per se. Some that we like just wanted like sweatshirts, but stuff we needed was like, and you, it sounds crazy, but things like Biofreeze or Tiger Bomb, little things like that. We got, you know, a lot of that stuff, which is great because we'll have enough to be able to use for a good amount of time. So it's finding other ways to get what we need. We've also had a lot of And I would say a lot, but there have been those that have contacted us about NLI deals and, you know, NIL deals, I should say. And we're trying to stay out of it. You know, that's kind of the athletic departments really shouldn't be involved in setting it up. But because of the publicity we've gotten, they've shown interest in our athletes. So we're kind of like, you know what, here they are. You guys go negotiate with them or their parents or that's something. But it helps to get them interested in coming to a smaller school when NIL deals are actually available for them, just the same way they would be if they were at a PWI.
3: No, I love that. And we talk about the NIL space a lot, like me being a former athlete that played in college, like I understand the impact it could have had on not only myself, but my, uh, my teammates. So I'm curious With the docu-series, do you see that happening more or what? Like, I want to hear more about the docu-series because, I mean, that's a big deal to have somebody following your journey. This is legacy. I mean, you were the first one to lead a program in NCAA and women's gymnastics for an HBCU. Now we know that there's Talladega College has become the second since that's happened. So there's a legacy being built
6: here. Well, the docu-series has been following us since this fall. They came in to start doing interviews, I would say, back in September. Or October, so we've been doing this for a while. It just they just announced it recently, but we've actually kind of been doing it for some time. So it's exciting to see what do we expect. Honestly, I'm not sure. I mean, I know that we're gonna get a lot of the behind the scenes, a lot of competition. They interviewed pretty much all the girls on the team, or if they haven't, they will at some point in time. As well as some outside people who had an involvement with either bringing it to Fisk or some involvement in Fisk. So we are i'm excited to see what it what it's about at first it was going to be just a documentary and then it, now i think it's a docu series so hopefully we can parlay this into another year maybe like a second season of it It'd be kind of cool
3: yeah that would be amazing <laughs> i mean we know that gymnastics is one of the biggest events especially at the olympics and you were named the us national team member during your 1985 86 season we saw in recent basketball news LeBron became the NBA scoring champion and he's changed the game. This made me kind of think about Simone Biles and she has four signature skills with her name. So I'm curious how have people like Simone Biles, you yourself, what you're doing at Fist, how have like y'all have changed gymnastics and even more, taking a step further, changed women's sports?
6: Simone is is, is the goat, as everybody says. Like she's just a phenomenal athlete a phenomenal person and she doesn't get the respect she deserves in my opinion and that was obvious where they you know the skills that she was doing they didn't give it the value that it really deserved but at the end of the day minority athletes are really kind of ruling the top of the award stand i mean like i said the the last three olympic champions have been women of color this past year the at the us championships the top 3 all-arounders were women of color the ncas in 2022 everyone who won the event was a woman of color yet we still only make up about 8 to 10% of all gymnasts in ncaa you know women of color or black athletes only make about 8% when you include all women of color, is closer to ten, but that's still such a small number. And there's so many black athletes out there. There's so many Hispanic, Asian, or Indian, like anyone that you can say a people of color. There's so many of us out there, yet we make up such a small percentage. And that's something that I, you know, hopefully having a school like Fisk and having HBCU campuses at gymnastics, hopefully that will encourage more talented young women to stay in the sport because sometimes they think we lose them because they might feel like they don't have a shot at doing gymnastics in college and they can go to another sport where they can do that sport in college so we may lose athletes along those lines because they just don't feel like they have a shot so I love the fact that we're adding more position adding more slots and you know gymnastics college gymnastics is growing in general they've in the last year there have been um if you include fisk it's going to be three as programs were added this past year two more are going to be added next year and that's huge upswing because we were on a downward spiral where we were losing programs we need more slots in general for to explore college gymnastics but especially for minority women so the more hbcus we can get to add the more opportunities there will be for these athletes to be able to do college gymnastics My team alone, if you look at the squad I have and how talented my team is, the majority of the girls thought that they were done after high school, that they would not have been able to do gymnastics in college because they weren't being recruited for whatever reason. So that would have been a loss, a huge loss of super talented athletes. And it's a shame that something like that has been going on for such a long time.
3: Wow. I love the way you put that. Yeah. The same kind of thing happens when it comes to basketball around the age of 13 or 14. There's a loss of interest that may happen that where girls in particular just start doing other things, find other interests. So I see that it's the same across different sports, gymnastics, women's basketball i'm sure women's soccer we see that there's not that emphasis on girls and even a step further girls of color to stay in the sports so thank you for bringing that to my attention and thank you for joining us here on montgomery and co we have to support that's the thing about women's sports too when you see a game on a WNBA game on tv Watch it. Like watch it with your friends. Tell a friend to tell a friend because something is happening over here. That's why people are wanting to record FiskU and why people are following the NWSL and the WNBA because something is happening. There's some momentum building in Coach Tarver, you are a part of that. So thank you for joining us here on Montgomery Co.
6: Yeah, most of our meets are we stream it live on IG Live. So if you go to our Instagram during our competition times, you could probably see a live showing of our competition. So that's one way to be able to see how we're doing.
3: Love it. Love it. We will support. Thank you, Coach. Thank you so much. All right. That's it for today. I loved hearing from Kareem Tarver and what she's doing because HBCUs are always been creating their legacy and I hope that it continues to be amplified all throughout media. And then even going back to the discussion of MLB All-Star Games, Pro Bowl Games, NBA All-Star Games. All of these things are about creating their legacy the same way that a John R. Lewis created his legacy. We got to get some good trouble going on because right now things got to change. And so, I, look, I've been in an All-Star Game. I was kind of like Kobe where I was there to have fun, but I also wanted to make it enjoyable to the fans. It was also competitive. I, it was my first time. So I will say that I was excited to be there. But legacies, generations, it's always a generational